0: From the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. It's your boy, Greg. And it's Tyler. And we are back again with another week of football action here in the UEFA Champions League. Tyler, how are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling great. And I'm glad that uh, the majority of these games actually lived up to... uh, kind of what i was expecting out of this quarterfinal it was uh, a lot of great soccer on a personal note i'm glad it's the weekend i'm I'm getting to the point where like midday thursday all day friday i'm like "Eh, it needs to be the weekend so i'm glad that it's here (laughs) uh, i'm excited to talk about these games with you
0: and i'm excited to talk about these games with you tyler and to all the listeners out there that listen to the podcast but you know what you know what you know what tyler what you got what you got Tyler's got
1: opinions.
0: Yes, he does, and a lot of opinions this week with the four matchups, the clash. So there were a lot of things that I was wrong about this week, and there are a lot of things that we were right about this week. We're gonna get started on the first game of the um, the first game that we have on the list, which was the Man City versus Borussia Dortmund. This game ended two to one with Man City playing looking so impressive. Um, what an amazing game against uh, Borussia Dortmund the first goal coming from Kevin De Bruyne, who has been playing like a superstar for the past couple of weeks. Um, this whole team has been playing like superstars for the past couple of weeks, but there are a few players that actually do have a, a very keen chance of being, of showing their absolute best throughout the rest of the season. But Kevin De Bruyne scores the first goal with a smooth operator uh, flying down the middle of the pitch after a cheap giveaway from Emre Chan delivers the ball out wide across which. Then delivers across in through the back by Phil Foden through the back um, onto Mares, who then slots it back into Kevin De Bruyne for a nice goal slotted in right past the keeper, that gave Man City the advantage one to nothing. The second goal comes from Marco Royce, an impressive one-touch pass from the Viking Holland into the path of Royce of that gets him the moment to look up and kind of gauge where Edison is about to make his run uh, and puts the ball right on the money, right across the face of goal. Now, Edison did see that ball coming, and he did make an attempt, but it just touched him off the edge of the gloves. That brings the score up to one one apiece. This didn't last very long as Prince Phil Foden this. I'm calling him Prince Phil then takes a similar chance to to Kevin De Bruyne and slots it home off the right foot, making this game a two- one advantage for Man City going into the second leg over at Borussia Dortmund Tyler you've got opinions I want to hear them we all want to hear them Tyler share with us what's your thoughts on this game
1: uh, this was a great game and uh, I was really really worried about Dortmund's defense going into this game I thought that that was going to be the breaking point and for a game in Man City Dortmund really held their own at the Etihad, and this was a fantastic game from all around. I mean, I guess I was worried about their defense for a reason, because right after they scored, they then like five minutes later gave up a goal to Foden, who probably could have had three or four in this game. He, uh, including one about halfway through the game, where if he'd actually just put it off to the side instead of straight at the keeper, it would have been a very easy goal. That this was one of those games where those kind of chances didn't fall, and uh, it was close, and it kept Dortmund in, kept Dortmund believing. And going home, I, I think that this we might see a, a repeat of this, a 2-1, 1-0, 1-1. Pep knows what he's doing. Pep knows that he doesn't really need to uh, come out completely guns blazing next week. He just knows he needs to field uh, a good team that can pretty much hold their own and uh, keep Holland from putting balls in the back of the net.
0: And that's exactly what you were expressing from last week. Man City just has a stud of a team with players, the five-star players coming off the bench. I don't see in any way that they would be, uh, I wouldn't say not challenged. They'll be challenged because Borussia Dortmund is still a a fantastic team um, with with, a ton of stunning players. But, uh, you know, the concerns that I have for Borussia Dortmund is all the distractions that their star striker is undergoing right now with all the rumors of him moving from the club to possibly the club that, that, that just whipped them, you know? Um, so all these distractions are going to be an issue for Borussia Dortmund. They have a lot to overcome, even if they're going back to their home in Germany. Well, next up, we have Chelsea versus FC Porto. Now, Chelsea was on a mission in Sevilla that night, and what an exciting night as they strike fast in early Mason Mount with his first goal in the Champions League, a glorious effort to beat the keeper on uh, that slide that slips off his gloves into the goal, making it 1-0. Now, what I realized is that Porto was applying a lot of pressure to uh, to try and put Chelsea into their place, but it was of no concern to Chelsea as they were able to have a beautiful goal by Ben Chilwell in the second half to make this game a clean sheet victory for Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, who's still having a fantastic season despite the four uh, one defeat against West Ham. I believe it was um, in the premier league.
1: First off, it was West Brom West, West Brom, even, even and worse. it was, it was five to two, and oh, they lost God. at Stamford Bridge. But I, I was getting there, Greg. I, I was I was going to bring <laughs> that up. So um, I I don't I still don't think I was wrong for expressing concerns over how Chelsea was going to come into this game last week. I know that mm-hmm. you, we we talked about that. It was not the way that you really wanted to enter into uh, a game like this, losing at home to a team that's probably going to get relegated. Mm-hmm but Chelsea played well. They, they came out, they took care of business Uh, that Ben Chilwell goal. I think you undersold it because I think it was one of the few uh, downright disrespectful goals that happened in this quarterfinal (laughs) round. Uh, If you didn't watch the game, uh, Chilwell uh, caught a pass on a, on a breakaway. And when the keeper came out to try to to meet him he just kicked the ball to the side ran around the keeper and then dinked it into the net to score doesn't sound disrespectful but when you watch it it's totally disrespectful and <laughs> uh, as a keeper you uh, and former keeper myself you know you'd, uh, you gotta gotta hang your head at that and be like ah definitely a better way to uh, to play that but you know Chelsea played well despite um, I'm starting to question a lot of Tuchel's decisions, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes, I mean, he's winning. It's, it's, it's hard to say that I have questions, but it's, it's things like why is Kai Havertz starting over Livre Giroud? Mm -hmm. Why, why is Timo Werner still starting? Like I get why Mason Mount's starting. I get why a lot of these players are starting. Uh, I'm not sure why he's starting um, Rudiger either. I I don't quite understand that. Uh when he has a player like Tiago Silva who got subbed in uh a little bit after halftime, not even on defense, he kept Rudiger back there, uh, who almost got beat for a couple goals in one of Porto's few shining moments in this game that they had. I I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. They still win. So congratulations, like something's working there. Yeah. But um I, I just I don't know why certain players aren't starting, and uh, it's lucky that they jumped out the way that they did. And Porto wasn't able to um, to really get anything else off of them. True,
0: I mean, like uh, even this this was a very weird game. So Chelsea having sixty percent possession of the ball over the entire game, Porto was still able to put twelve shots on uh, twelve shots on them um, with only three shots off. Now Chelsea had six shots on target. Well, had six shots in total with three shots off. This this was this was one of the games where I was. I mean, I wasn't too excited about this one in comparison to. um, I was honestly mostly excited for
1: one. Any of the other games that are are there,
0: (laughs) you know, and and, um, you know, but it it kind of it's exactly what you're talking about, Tyler. Like this Chelsea team was on fire right before. They had uh, that loss against Westboro. You know what, what an impact it could be for your mental going into a game like this. Hopefully, they have more luck going into the second leg. But before we get to second legs, we got to go to something that I call the lame duck game of the week. That's where I'm looking at the, the, the matchup that we're probably not going to be too excited to watch. But this, this matchup, Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Ended up being something of a spectacle, and the real, real Madrid came out to play. So, two goals in this game were to me absolutely disgusting. And we saw the real Los Blancos really take over. And, uh, you know, in a fashion in which I would like to say, you know, this was the real Madrid that you would love to see and you would love to have uh, as a fan. And for those who aren't fans, you love to hate, but this was the real, real Madrid that we, that we know and love. Tyler, take us into the details of this game.
1: I I have to start off with, will the real Liverpool please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Because <laughs> they showed up on the pitch in this game. And this was, uh, Greg and I have been talking about this for weeks. We're what are they doing differently in the champions league than what's happening to them in the premier league? And when will that team that's been struggling in the premier league show up here, they were. Mm-hmm. And that struggle happened early and often in this. Mm-hmm. Game. <laughs> uh, as Greg said, the first two goals were again, I, I know Downright I said this about the show. Chil- yeah. I, same as Chilwell's Chilwell's goal. Uh, starting with uh, Vinny Jr.'s opener off a nifty and stellar long-distance pass from Tony Cruz uh, that he was able to collect and quickly put past Allison, who was left out to dry by his defense. And then a few minutes later, he was left out to dry again off a horrible, horrible diving heading header clear from Trent Alexander-Arnold that went straight to Asensio who then flicked the ball over Allison and then dinked it into the goal. It was just, it was just filthy. And the, this was the Madrid that we were waiting for that we've been, as Greg said, that their fan base has been waiting for to show up in this tournament. I'm almost to the point now where I, I think that if they keep this up and the they're making the finals.
0: I absolutely believe so as well. I, I remember, um, I was watching this game as a matter of fact. Um, and, uh, the, the one of the commentators were made a comment that I really enjoyed. He said that, uh, Tony Cruz was acting, was being the the quarterback of the team. And I've never heard a statement like that in, in English commentary. Um, but it made, me, it made me excited because that's the Tony Kroos that I know from five, six years ago. Um, he was an absolute playmaker. He was setting up the ball in, in ways in which, if you watch the game, you there was a fire, there was a spark that was there. And on the sideline, El Capitan is there cheering on his team. It was a great energy off of that game and a, a dismal energy from Liverpool. I don't know what's going on with... Uh, with Jürgen Klopp and his and his boys but something is not happening for them that should be and uh it definitely showed It definitely showed here against this Real Madrid team so I'm kind of wondering just being the Real Madrid pessimist that I am I'm kind of wondering was this really a, a great performance by Real Madrid or what would, or would, did Liverpool make them look good that's just, I'm just poking fire at this point. I honestly believe that Real Madrid was, was on fire and that that's a team to be afraid of. And they are showing their majesty in this Champions League. And we're, we're probably going to see more of that to come. I think that it's going to be a PSG-Real Madrid finals. I'm putting it out right now. And I'll tell you why, because the next matchup is Bayern Munich versus Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, I said it like that, Paris Saint-Germain. Bayern looked... Like they were, they looked like they were gonna struggle without Lewandowski, and we saw it early, going down two to nothing against Paris Saint Germain. Um, The first one by by Mbappe, yeah, a beautiful pass from Neymar over to the right to Mbappe, that then cruises the ball in uh, one. Neuer looked like if he was going to read the ball, he should have just stayed in his position. But then he dives right, and the ball cruises in between his legs. That puts Paris up to well one to nothing. And then on the second goal, the defense loses themselves as the ball flies over the top to Marquinhos, who slots it in. They're calling for the offside, but he's clearly onside. Um, that makes that two to nothing. Paris Saint Germain to Bayern Munich. This game ended at a 3 at a 2 to 3 Paris Saint-Germain having the advantage going into their home game Tyler what are your thoughts on this game
1: This was an exciting match it was exactly what we had hoped that this would be kind of makes you wonder where this PSG team was in the finals last year because nothing's cha- really changed on either team no. uh, other than uh, Tuchel being out of as coach you know we we were really worried about what Bayern we were going to see with Lewandowski out, and he's out next week as well. I think he's out for at least another month with a knee injury. Despite going down two nothing early, I almost will say that Bayern was the better team. Not only because they clawed their way back in, but they outshot PSG thirty-one to six, with twelve of those thirty-one on goal. They had 64% possession and they had 15 corners compared to PSG's one. They were attacking. The They had so many chances to score in this game that just cruised right of a post or deflected off someone the right way. Mm-hmm. Or I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a Bayern fan or a PSG fan, but it was very frustrating to watch for me, because they, they were the better team. And Mm -hmm. we all know in sports, the better team doesn't always win, True, but you know, at the end of the day, Chupa Moding is not Lewandowski, even though he had a beautiful goal to, to open Bayern scoring. Uh, Muller had a beautiful goal. Kimmich probably could have had two or three if he'd put any, any sort of uh oomph on any of his shots, which mm. I wasn't used to s- seeing from him. I'm used to him sending Blasting, rocket yeah. rocket ships into the, at at the keeper. It's setting up a fantastic second leg I- in Paris, where they they could win.
0: Yeah, and it's quite possible that that could take place. I think that the stat that we need to look at, Tyler, is. The amount of fouls that Bayern Munich committed. Now, fouls may not seem big to the avid, you know, football watcher, but they they kill momentum. Every time that the referee has to stop the game, it kills momentum. It gives the opposition an opportunity to come back at you um, because you've committed the foul. They had 16 fouls in the game in total to the seven um, PSG fouls. That is a killer form and i'm sure that we could go back from games to games and see that you know this may not have mattered but it's because they still had the stats um before against teams that were possibly inferior and i don't like to call teams inferior they just have good days and bad days but there are there are some teams that faced up against the german giants uh seems like men against boys for example in the last leg of um that lazio game the the it was similar in terms of their uh, in terms of the amount of shots on goal, well, not similar, but they, they in terms of like the, the comparison they had way more shots, a little bit more corners, but their fouls were, were 12 fouls to nine. But they won that game 2-1. to I'm sure that we could go back into some more stats, but I'm not going to bore you guys with that because we have to talk about the future, not the past, guys. We have to talk about what's going to happen next because you guys are excited to see what happens next as are we excited to see what happens next in the second leg, the round of eight. We're going to start back from the top. Borussia Dortmund versus Man City. Tyler, what are your thoughts? How are they going to proceed into this next round as Man City are away from home with an advantage but still away from home?
1: I, I hope that this uh, is a game like uh, what we saw at the Etihad. I think if Dortmund's defense shows up, it could very easily end one-one, or two-one, or something similar. But i i I haven't seen Man City's offense stifled like that in a while. They they did score two goals, but they were early and at the very end of the game, they didn't really get a lot of, uh, you know, shots. They had, they had a couple opportunities uh, in between, but uh, you know, they, they didn't have, they, they didn't even play Raheem Sterling in that game. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's crazy. Uh, I I think Man City ends up taking this. I, I don't know if Dortmund's defense can, can really hang in there against another shot against Man City. And, uh, I think Man City advances to play the winner of PSG and Bayern.
0: I am right there with you. Uh, Just looking at the statistics, Tyler. um, Your favorite? This past, uh, you know, I love the stats. I love the stats. Uh, This past game would have made it an even 1-1-1 record um, against each other with one win, one draw, one loss within the team. So in terms, so I think that this one actually comes down to the coaching. It's going to be the novice versus the master. Uh, a, a play of experience as Pep Waliola has seen um, Borussia Dortmund 12 times in his career with a record of seven wins, one draw, and four losses. I kind of see that that putting them just over the edge. If you have the players, that's fine, but you have an experienced coach that, that's going up against a 36-year-old in in this game. Pep has mad experience over this uh, over this team. It's a young team as well. when we look at it, uh, Holland is you know no older than some you know people my age and no older than, than uh, some of their kids you know um, It's a young guy. it's a very young team as well. I think that their, um, their age average I don't have that stat. The, the age average for them is 25.5 where Man City is 27.1. Now, I would say that in Borussia Dortmund's favor, they have won. Their only game that they've won against Man City was at home prior. So it's looking good. It, uh, he's 38, the, the coach, uh, uh, Terzic, Eden Terzic. So it's looking good for Borussia Dortmund going into this game as they are going to be at home, but I, I don't know. I kind of see that, you know, when you look at the success ratings between the two, uh, between the two coaches, you have a success rate for Terzic at, at 1.6 ppm versus Pep Guardiola's 2.38 ppm. So a lot to be, there's a, there's a huge wall for Borussia Dortmund to climb going into the next leg. Tyler, how do you feel with Chelsea Going up against Porto in Chelsea, well, I'm assuming it's going to be on neutral ground again. We don't know where it's going to be played, but Tyler, how do you feel about Chelsea going up against Porto in this next game?
1: Well, I think Chelsea got two away goals, which were desperately needed. Um, Porto is going to have to step up their offense if they want to have anything to anywhere close to to winning this uh, this matchup. And. I mean, I, I see Chelsea winning this one, nothing. I don't think Tuchel really has to do much to to move on, despite the home field slash neutral uh, advantage for them. I I see them doing just enough to get through to face either the winner of Liverpool, Real Madrid, and uh, conserve as many players as he can. Like this, this might be a game where I see him not playing Giroud. He might leave uh, Conte on the bench or. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I don't see him putting out his, uh, his, his, the, a good bit of his A-listers, so that they can rest up because they know whoever they're playing uh, next is gonna, is gonna be tough. I, yeah. I, 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 hate, I hate to write Porto off like that. Uh, they're a very good team, uh, but I, losing two nothing at home, is not a great way to go into the second leg, especially when they didn't really put up a lot of offense. So
0: this is true and uh, i don't think that it's writing off porto it just it doesn't look good for them and and obviously stats could prove otherwise but you know i you know i like the stats you know i like to go with the stats it's, you know we hardly go away from the stats but chelsea's home record against porto is still 4 to nothing as it was last week cuz obviously they didn't play this week but they've been, they've improved their win percentage against porto in general in the nine games that they played Uh, Chelsea has won six um, and lost two, and they've drawn one together. Uh, Thomas Tuchel looks like a man on a mission um, with three wins in his entire career against Porto. With uh, Sergio uh, Conciao with one loss against um, Chelsea in his entire career, which was the one that we just witnessed. You know, not a lot of... uh, not a lot of disparities between the two coaches, uh, Sergio Conchal, was he the one that got the, the yellow card, Tyler? Yes. I remember that coach got yellow cards. So, you know, it just goes to show calm, calm minds and calm heads kind of pull through in this, in this competition. I know that Porto wanted desperately and being in their home stadium, even though they uh, played in Sevilla, being in their home stadium did not benefit them and neither will this next game. We'll see if, uh, the football gods will smile on Porto and have them squeeze through because all they need is three three away goals with no response and they would have done it. Um, so we'll see what happens. But next up, the lame duck of the competition. And I say that in inverted commas, guys, because I was so wrong as I, I, this game. I, I don't I don't like Real Madrid at all, but I enjoyed this game. I find myself watching more Real Madrid games now. I'm sure a lot of people will argue that I should be a Real Madrid fan, but that's never going to happen. But Tyler, how do you feel about this Liverpool-Real Madrid matchup back in the Anfield? How do you feel about
1: this one? Liverpool has a lot of work to do. Uh, Klopp is going to have the coach uh, probably one of the best games of his uh, of his tenure to uh, to pull this one out. Again, this is this is another one where Real... They, they could even give up a goal if they wanted and not have to be worried. Uh, I think Zizou just has to prepare his guys to not give up three goals. Uh, not not that they're going to lay down and not do anything against Liverpool, but that's pretty much what they have to do is not give up three goals, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, in itself is easier said than done to score that many goals uh, in a game. So, I, I mean, I, I think Real moves on. I think that they... Uh, they they don't need to rush Sergio back to, to help out the defense. The defense did just fine. Uh, Liverpool just has to not make as many mistakes as they uh, as they did, and uh, just look remotely prepared for this game.
0: That that's that's the thing. So a lot of a lot of my questions. I mean, like I definitely had. Uh, a lot of reservations go into this game. I need to apologize to the Real Madrid f- fans of the world um, saying that this would be a lame duck of a competition. Um, it definitely wasn't. It was full of excitement, and, and I saw a lot of great play from a team that, you know, and I I, I kind of rolled off Real Madrid because we haven't seen them play very well um, over the course of the of the past couple months, and we've seen evidence point to prove that, Real Madrid is not the same team without their captain in Sergio Ramos and Sergio Ramos is going to be out for a minute. So, um, but some good stats on their side, they've played Liverpool a total of six times with four wins um, to lose to Liverpool twice with 10 goals on them um, and have a home record against them. One to one with Liverpool leading the goal scoring on that side. But uh, a stat that we'll all enjoy is that uh, Zizou has never lost a game as coach to them, has not faced them other than that um, in past Champions League as a player. Um, Jürgen Klopp's record is a little bit different um, with a 1.25 BPM, uh, eight matches with three wins, one, lo- one draw, and four losses. Honestly, this comes down to how well uh, Liverpool's two-star players um, Mo Salah and Mane decide to behave on that next leg um, of the Champions League. And it's not going to be easy for them. And I, I, I know that we continuously say that, but no game is really going to be easy for any one of these teams, um, including the team that we we're going to talk about last year, which is PSG or Paris Saint-Germain <laughs> versus Bayern Munich. The game of the week, it did not disappoint one bit. And I think that going back uh, to Paris is going to be something to behold. Tyler... Lead us into this one. What do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: Uh, about this matchup, I, uh, you're right. It's going to be completely exciting. I, I'm interested to see if Bayern can keep up the, uh, the goal barrage that is gonna uh, that happened from this first game because I, I don't know that uh, Navas can, uh, can really do much more if they continue to pelt the goal like that. The stat that you brought up uh, last show about the home team always winning is broken now. PSG Mm -hmm. won in in Berlin, that's correct. Bayern could go into to Paris and win. (laughs) It's very much in the cards. And like I said, I think Bayern was the better team in this game, as Mm -hmm. as good as PSG played. I, I I'm saying this a lot. I don't want to take away from what PSG did. And they played well. Mbappe played great. Neymar played great. For Greg has given me the, <laughs> for the for those of you that can't see it, <laughs> but like you know, he he passed uh, to Mbappe on the first goal when he could have. When I've seen him sh- shoot that, shoot on from there, numerous yeah. occasions. That's correct. You know, he uh, the, there were a couple times he flopped and complained about it, but that's Neymar. Yeah. Anyway, we expect um, that. Yeah, uh, that this isn't a Neymar bash session. Uh, the the okay. fact of the matter was PSG played really well. Bayern outplayed them and still didn't win without their best player, who will not be present in this game. I cannot stress that enough. Lewandowski will not be back for this game. We've seen we've seen what Bayern can do without him, mm-hmm. and sure they missed him. You know they more than held their own. I I think that the the goal barrage is going to continue for for both sides. You know, it's just how much can Navas and Neuer, who who made a couple um, surprising decisions that I haven't really seen him make in a while either. True. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what are these world class keepers going to do with these two stellar offenses that are going to be hitting them? Mm-hmm. It's it sounds like I'm giving a non-answer and just spewing uh, hype for the game, and that's exactly what I'm doing because I don't know. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to put into words what to really expect from this game because I just expect a really good game, and we'll just see who comes out in the in the end. That that that's my honest opinion. I I don't know if I can actually predict what's going to happen in this because I I. I, I don't know. It's like I, I'm, I'm trying to sift through the, the dust from the, from the bruised and bloody battlefield, and I can't see a winner in this one. I, 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 I legitimately can't. The, no, you're uh,
0: you're, I, you're uh, absolutely right, Tyler. You're absolutely right, especially when you have uh, the clash of the Titans in, in European football on this scale. Um, it's really, really, really hard to see who's going to come out on top on this one. I think, honestly, the the only way that – well, not the only way, but, like, Joshua Kimmich needs to step up in this next game. Um, if he doesn't, I do believe that Bayern Munich will get beat um, in this next game because Neymar and Mbappe, they aren't here to play. They're not – well, they're, they're here to play, but they ain't, they ain't playing while they're playing. You know ne- what I'm saying?
1: Ne- <laughs> ne- 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 Neymar might be, but Mbappe is not. Mbappe no. is making Mbappe is- a, a- – Good.
0: No, I was gonna say Mbappe is dead serious and hell bent on getting this uh, this Champions League win. Um, it's the only competition I think that he's not been able to hoist um, in his very short career. Uh, he has a World Cup. Um, he has. Uh, well, you know what? I need to I need to double check that stat. But I but he has won a lot in his short um, in his short career. And the Champions League has always been the one to elude him. Uh, he has four French championships. He has one World Cup win, which the best players in the world don't have, which, you know, in, well, the best players in the Messi and, and Ronaldo. Um, he has a French Cup. He's a French Cup winner twice. Um, he has a player of the year and two top goal scorers, uh, two, two golden boots from, from, the, um, from the league in France. I'm really tired, guys. I'm sorry about that. That's why I waved it away. I don't, I don't really follow French football except for the, the 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 Kings in France, and they are they are the monopoly over there, and they have been for a couple of years. Um, but they've never been able to just grab that Champions League win. And last year was the closest that they got to it. And after Neymar, after uh, Mbappe tasted a bit of that glory, a piece of what the 90 minutes away from being crown champion. I believe in his mind, he told himself, I'm never going to be in that position again. So whoever is in our way, I just have to be better. And He needs to, you know, he needs to do a little bit of of self-control, I guess, when it comes to that and not really let his emotions fly off too much because we've seen players go into situations like that where they are super hyped for that opportunity and then they burn themselves out midway of the competition. It's still very much a marathon this entire season, and uh, coming down to the finals, it just takes one slip, one bad error like the, the mistake from, uh, from Emery Chan in that first game that we were talking about to make or break the game. So, Tyler, take it away. Take it away, Tyler.
1: Well, what I was going to say also, I, I agree with you on, on all of your points about Mbappe, but he's also, as we talked about uh, last show, Working out a contract with PSG If mm-hmm. he brings them Champions League glory They're going to be more likely to pay him The money that he wants to stay there mm-hmm. And it'll make them harder To let him go Which I've heard that because The contract talks are stalling They are more and more willing to do So it's, It becomes harder and harder To sell him and not give him what he wants Contract wise If they win the Champions League
0: yeah, that's all I got, Tyler. I I can't I, I can't put a, a I can't put a result on this one. I still think it's the game of the week going into this week. It was the game of the week for me going into last into uh, last week, uh, but this week this week it, it has to be the game of the week. I will be looking out for that Real Madrid game um, against Liverpool out there. I want to see if Liv- if Real Madrid could stay consistent. But guys, we've spent. I don't know, it might be 30 minutes, 45 minutes with you guys, but we love spending it with you guys. I'm sure that Tyler over there, he loves talking to the people, loves talking football, and I know that he could do this all day, all night. But we have to blow the whistle and call it a game because that was your episode. Before I stop, before I... I already blew the whistle but I want to give Tyler his uh his after match comments. Tyler, you got any match after match comments you want to share with the uh, with share with the people?
1: Well, I'm, I uh to to keep it in your uh, La Liga, I, I am excited to uh see El Clasico this weekend. Uh that mm-hmm. is a uh that is a game I always enjoy watching. And uh my boys uh the Spurs have a uh, fun home game against Man United uh this weekend. Who I know is very different at the beginning of the season. We beat them six to one. <sighs> I that, don't that think was... that that's gonna happen again. <laughs> but uh I'm I'm gonna hold on to that result. I'm more I'm I'm more excited for the Classico.
0: <sighs> Sounds good, Tyler. I can't wait to watch these games with you guys again next week on another episode of Stoppage time.